Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. Hey, on today's pod, I sit down with Chris Still. Chris is a certified strength and conditioning specialist and the owner of Lynx Performance Training. He originally grew up in Lexington, North Carolina, graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte with a bachelor's degree in exercise science in 2017. In 2018, at the young age of 23, Chris opened Lynx Performance Training in Clemens, North Carolina, specializing in training athletes, but really training anybody that was looking to improve upon their fitness, no matter the goal. In 2021, Chris moved with his fiance, now wife Kristen, to Gilbert, Arizona, where he's rebuilding his business, offering speed and strength training for athletes, as well as weight loss, muscle gains, or any other goals for anybody who wants to work with him. And we're live. What's up, Chris? How's it going? Dude, it's going good. I'm glad you, uh, thanks for coming in, bro. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, oh, this is always interesting. When the phone phone rings right as you get started on a podcast, I, I need to silence. Oh, it is silence, but I need to have like it go straight to voicemail, <laughs> or get a secretary, or actually get yeah, or actually get an an assistant or administrator to do some of that stuff. We're working on it. So, uh, dude, I appreciate you coming down. For those if you listen to the intro, uh, Chris is a personal trainer, a strength conditioning coach. Um, what's the name of your Links performance training. Okay, I see it. It's funny in my phone. You're Chris the Links. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so Links, basically the OG. Yeah. So it's Links performance. Yep. And that's Links like like the animal L Y N X. Yep. So I'm sure you get it all the time, and I get it a little bit with my logo. But why a Links, man? Because uh, you know everybody in the gym, you know they want to be a wolf or a bear, or like you know yo I'm a lion. You know they have like this is persona they take on in the gym to make feel, some I, more human. I feel attacked. I have a bear on my logo, but go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, big cats are obviously, you know, the most, the best predators out there, I guess I should say. But, um, a lynx, you know, you just don't think of it as much. Like you think of a lion, you think of a tiger, you know, maybe a jaguar, but like, as far as anything else, like you don't really think of lynx. So I wanted to kind of be something separate, something different. And it's also, an, it's a cat that, uh, you know, they're pretty much found everywhere in the U.S. They don't really have like a single range they're in. Like um, bobcats, for example, bobcats are in the lynx family and they're both here in Arizona and they're where I'm from in North Carolina. Like they're across the entire United States. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I've seen a video of like a lynx hunting mm-hmm. and they're pretty, they're pretty stout. They're pretty determined. Like I saw, I think I saw no, the lynx like dive head first like listen through the snow and then mm-hmm. dive head first in yeah and pull out whatever it was after well they do most of their hunting by stalking right because they're right. not the most bi- they're not the biggest not the most powerful uh they're not the fastest but they'll stalk their prey um you know i've read that they can see a mouse from 200 feet away and they'll stalk up to it and they'll grab it do they take down bigger stuff oh yeah um i was actually told recently that they'll take down like a whole I guess, pack or herd of turkeys, I guess. Oh, for real? So, like, the turkeys will get scared. They'll fly up in the tree at night, right? And they'll yeah. sleep there. Um, but a lynx or bobcat, you know, they'll climb up the tree and they'll kill the entire, every turkey in that tree. They won't stop. So they're savage little murderers. Absolutely. But 
which is not what you're trying to create savage murders, but savages nonetheless. Uh, I mean, as far as like physical performance, yeah, let's be that way for like an hour Absolutely. or on the field or something. Absolutely, man. So you mentioned North Carolina. So how long ago did you guys, or did you move out here? It was a year ago this week. So this is our one-year anniversary in uh, Arizona. Oh, geez, man. Yeah. 30-hour drive. Yeah, that's rough. I, so I've never been to North Carolina. I've been to South Carolina. I love South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I imagine North Carolina is much the same way. North Carolina is better than South Carolina. Okay. When I think of South Carolina, <laughs> Shots fired. I just think, I think you know, trashy roads and mosquitoes. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Shots fired. Um, so you grew up out there. Mm-hmm. Where Did you go to college out there too? Yep. Yep. Where, where'd you go to school? Um, I went to High Point University my first year. So freshman year, I was at you know a small private school. Okay. Um, didn't work out super well there, so I transferred to a community college for Scythe Tech in Winston. And then from there, I transferred to UNC Charlotte and finished out there. Okay. Now, you said it didn't work out well. Does that just mean you didn't like the campus, didn't like uh, the teachers, or were you playing a sport? ready or mature enough, ready for, you know, that experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my grades just weren't good. It was, I went to a really small private school, um, basically my whole life. Started there in second grade, graduated there. And just the way of education was just so different. And then you get to, you know, High Point University and your anatomy professor was a professor at Johns Hopkins for 30 years and now he's there. And like, you know, it's a lot different. It's a, it's a different level um, than what you're used to at well, that point. So I would think a pr- small private University, would you, you just get more one-on-one attention? Then is that was was that the difference between there? Or did they expect more out of you? I think they expect a lot more out of you um, at college at, or at college. At, oh, okay, yeah. So like, uh, I got a lot more like one-on-one attention. I'd say in high school because like my graduating class only had ten people in it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it was like basically the same ten people, like from second grade all the way through graduation. I was with the same group. How big was the forever. town you lived in? Like how many people? Um, Lexington has about 18,000 people in it. So not very many people at all? No, no. How close is the next closest town? Well, like the biggest city that's close to us would be Winston-Salem. And it's got like 200,000 people. Still smaller Um, than like Mesa. No, exactly. And then the next biggest one would be Greensboro. And Greensboro, you know, it's probably four or 500,000. Still small. Yeah. And then you go an hour south, you can get to Charlotte. And Charlotte's got... Eight nine hundred thousand. Holy cow! So yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it would be small. Plus, oh, yeah. a town of eighteen thousand people. So what was there to do, man? Not a lot. <laughs> so like, we, all we did, you know, play outside, go riding on four wheelers, and you know, people had farms, I guess. Yeah. But there's really not like if you want to go do something, go bowling or something. There's some like really trashy bowling alleys you can go to. Sure. Not like here. Here, like, go top golf five minutes away, or you go to some really cool bowling alleys, or. You know, there's really everything at your fingertips. Right. And so do, how big was High Point University? Uh, this is smaller. Sounds like a smaller school. It's, it's pretty small. I'd have to guess maybe ten to 12,000. Okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's pretty small. And most of the people that go there were actually, at least that I met, were actually from New York, uh, Boston. They had like a heavy presence in the Northeast. They really? got a lot of people that come down. Yeah. And they all had money too. Okay. So it's a very rich kids that go there from you the said north. 18,000 yeah so high point university has a total undergraduate enrollment of 4,628 that was fall of 2020 yeah yeah and it's gotten a lot bigger than it used to be as well holy cow man so my high school had 3,000 kids in it mm-hmm. and that was only 10th through 12th grade so there were no mm-hmm. freshmen there yeah 
my graduating class was like between 900 and 1,000 kids. That's like to have 10 kids basically <laughs> like sitting in a, in a chair in circles for graduation. Yeah, I mean, like you're in the same building. Elementary school, you know, first grade through sixth grade is in the same building. And then once you get done with sixth grade, you go to seventh grade, that's in the same building as high school. So then you're in the same building from seventh grade through 12th grade. Holy cow, man. So with nothing, I mean, obviously, there's, I mean, you guys, so you grew up on a farm? Uh, Ish. Ish. Okay. So we, we have a flea market and wholesale market. So like we'll rent out, you know, buildings for wholesalers to sell out of on okay. Monday and Tuesday. And then flea markets are on Tuesday. Um, and then my, well, we had horses for a while. We had uh, bucking bulls. And then we had like 65 acres, I'm wanting to say. So did you ride, did you bull ride? Heck no. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not stupid. My little brother did, I think, for a while. He did. Uh, he used to do uh, mutton busting, so he'd ride the sheep whenever yeah. he was like six. So he'd go to rodeos and watch that. Um, then he did like steer wrestling, stuff like that. I don't think he ever really got into bull riding too much. Okay. But they wrestle him. I don't know if I told this story yet on this place or if we've even talked about this story. So I went to I went to school at Brigham Young up in Utah. Mm-hmm. Now, Provo is a small place. It essentially exists because there's two colleges there. Yeah. But even further north is this tiny kind of, sounds a lot like where you came from, called Tooele, Utah. Mm-hmm. And we drove up there because there was a, a rodeo, and it was specifically just bull riding. There was nothing else happening at the rodeo. But they did this thing called the Money Bull. Yeah. Have you seen this? And you probably, no, I've no? never heard of it. So the money bull, I had to sign a waiver, and they even offered me one of the cow, one of the bull riders' flak jackets. Mm-hmm. So they tape twenty dollar bills to the horns <laughs> of these bulls that they're using for the bull riding competition, yeah. right? Yeah. The goal is to go out there and see if you can get the twenties off the horns, <laughs> dude. I've never been more terrified in my life. Like I went out there, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna get this thing, like. And this bull was eyeing somebody else, and so mm-hmm. I was trying to sneak up on it. I got probably within eight, ten feet of this thing, close enough. It turned, looked me dead in the eyes. I swear, I about crapped my pants. Like I just <laughs> like, not nah, cool, not worth the money. Yeah. Because I had just seen this other lady. She was drunk as could be. Well, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. This lady, she was. I mean, she was hammered, but she was standing there, arms out. The bull is charging her, and she's not moving. Mm-hmm. This thing lowered its head. She took the forehead of this, like, 1,500-pound animal right to the face. Ooh. She grabbed the money, but she looked like she'd just been in a prize fight. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it's a cool story, though. Yeah. You get a cool story, and you get paid. Yeah, but I'd never get on the back of a bull. You got no. No, there's, I probably wouldn't either. There's no way. So then is that then where you got into uh, fitness? That you working out and stuff? Uh, I probably started working out when I was like 13, 14. Okay. Because I was just coming out of my fat stage. Right? Okay. Because I got kind of chunky. My mom had worked out. You know, my mom worked out ever since I was a baby. Right. She would do her workouts at home or the Y or whatever. Um, and so watching her, I'd kind of do it with her sometimes. And they used to buy the, you know, beach body workouts, the P90X or whatever. So I'd steal their CDs and do them in the, in the living room or basement or whatever. Um, and that's where I started. And then I didn't get into it really heavy until sports. So, like, I was never, like, super athletic. I was kind of athletic until probably sophomore year. And I started training a little bit harder with, like, the speed ladders and things like that. And then I actually got coordinated. I actually got a little bit more explosive. And then that kind of set it off for me whenever I actually became 
you know, a completely different athlete. Sure. Right. I went from basically riding the bench in sports to all state player the next year. Hmm. So it was kind of a big jump. That's a huge jump. So what sports did you play? Soccer and baseball mostly. Okay. I played basketball for like one year just to mess around. And then I hated it halfway through, so I used to try to uh, see how fast I could foul out of a game. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I fouled out of games but didn't try to. Oh, I tried to. (laughs) One time I did it in two minutes and 15 seconds of playing time. Oh, my gosh. Was your coach – why didn't he just cut you? Needed me, I guess. I played good defense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So which one did you like better, baseball or soccer? Soccer because I was better at it. Okay. You tend to like things more when you're good at them. Sure. Baseball was okay. I was okay as a fielder, okay as a hitter. If you put me back there now, it'd be like twice as good. Confidence, like baseball is a confidence sport. You walk up to the plate, you know you're going to hit it, you're going to hit it. If you're fielding and you know you're going to catch it, you're going to catch it. So... In high school, I didn't have the greatest confidence, so sometimes it would be you know hit or miss. I'd go up knowing I was going to strike out or something. So, well, and it's an in- baseball is an interesting game. I mean, tell me a game or anything where we go, yeah, you can hit it thirty percent of the time. You're amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, so it's you- such a small ball moving at such a you know fast rate, and the bat a bat's really not that big, and you've got no. to time it properly. Well, right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so if you don't have confidence, mm-hmm. right? And you think you know, you're only hitting it 30% of the time or yeah. 25% of the time, or you go up and strike. Yeah, that's it. That's, Especially you, when they start throwing some nasty curveballs at you. That's, it's that's, a, where, that's where you just go ahead and sit down. Yeah, it's a mental game. It really is. Yeah. Um, and so soccer. So then did you play soccer in college? No. Okay. Just high school. So, and then when did you – so you got more athletic, you got more into sports, but then what, when did you – because when did you figure out, okay, I want to be a personal trainer – and well, not, I knew I knew at that point. And I guess you I mean you're a personal trainer, but you also are a performance mm-hmm. coach, right? Strength yeah. and performance coach. Yeah. So did you is that what you studied in college? Yeah. So like um I knew what I, I knew I wanted to work with athletes coming out of high school. Okay. So obviously I was looking at majors and I go, Oh, athletic training. That must be what I want. And so at HPU, that's where I kind of started, mm-hmm. athletic training, and then I realized, yeah, this sucks. This this isn't what I want to be at all. Um and then so basically I switched my, you know, major to exercise science and then worked at a facility after college in that. But I never actually got my CSCS until I was working on my own. Um, I don't know. I was afraid to take the CSCS. I was like, man, this, this seems so hard. seems like it's something really hard to do and you have to be really good at what you're doing to do it. But it wasn't that bad. No, it's it's not a terrible test. I mean, no. it's like any kind of standardized test if you study for it. No, exactly. The information's there. Yeah, the information. If you if you went through the pro, if you went through, got a bachelor's program in exercise science, you should be able to pass no, that it, test. No, it wasn't that hard. Yeah, it's basically the bachelor's program all wrapped up in one book and one certification, just with a few added you know things. Now you have to have a bachelor's though to get the CSCS, right? You do. Like you go to NASA and get whatever certification or yeah. ISA or what's the other one. There's another. Oh, there's anyway. so many. Yeah, but Ace. you can go get whatever certifications you want. Yeah. But this one, you got to have. You have to have the bachelor's. Okay. Uh, you have to have a bachelor's in something, I should say. So you could be an English major sure. and get it. Yeah. So what do you have to have? Um, so how is the, in your world, in that strength and performance and personal training world, does it matter? Does the CSCS matter? To I mean, me, it does. Okay. To most people, to most people, probably not. Okay. But even within the industry, like even other trainers or strength coaches, do they look at that and go, hey? Oh, it matters, yeah. Okay. So like, you know, when I moved here and I was kind of looking at places to go or maybe getting a potential job working for someone, 
you know, they would ask what certifications I had. As soon as you say CSES, they're like, okay, you're good. Like, oh. So. So it's like the top. Pretty much. I mean, because you get the CSCS and then there's all the continuing education every year. Right. So like in order to keep it, you obviously still have to be at the top of your game basically yeah. forever. Well, that was one of the things I, I honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a regret of mine. I, I could have, I took exercise science mm-hmm. and then went straight into PT school mm-hmm. and then graduated with the, cause they changed the programs up. So now it's a DPT, right? A clinical doctorate. Yeah. But we were told after that, we could challenge and sit down for the CSCS exam. Yeah. And I remember just feeling like I was super broke after <laughs> like had no money. I'm like, I don't have enough, I barely have enough money to pay for my exams yeah. and have the time to study. That's I'm another not gonna, big part of it too. I'm like, I'm not going to pay for another test. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, cause like you're sitting there, it's like $700, right? To take the test. You actually have to study. So you're taking time out of your day to study, paying $700 for a test. It's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make the money without doing it. Right. And I often wonder, I'm like, could I, I don't know. I have to go back to the requirements. I'm like, could I go back and take it right now? And absolutely. Yeah. I probably got to do is buy it. Yeah. They don't care. They just want your money. That's that's that <laughs> ain't that the truth, it man. It is the truth. About most of these certs. Yes. They just want the money. That's what it always is about, dude. Uh, and so you guys gonna dive we're gonna divert for a second. You just got married. Yeah, we did. October twenty first. That's awesome, man. So did you did you meet did you meet your wife in college? Actually on Tinder. I was still in college. Yes, Tinder she was Tinder works. It's not just it's for Tinder hookups. works sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> she was uh, I think a sophomore, I think. And I was um, I was in my internship for my senior year. Okay. So I wasn't actually at school. So I was in Lexington at the time. She was in Charlotte and it was, you know, fifty miles away. And obviously you can set your radius search radius or whatever. Kept setting your search radius Which, larger you, and larger. When you live where I do, you have to set your search radius <laughs> to like fifty miles, right? And she was like forty nine miles away, so it barely worked out. Just within the radius. Yeah. But so, I know people here, like if you're here, nobody sets a radius of fifty miles. You must be desperate if you do that. Right. <laughs> Uh, so here's so the, here's here's the, here's the real question: Who contacted who first? I mean, you obviously matched. So who who sent the first message? Oh, me, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, but what was the? So here's the other question: What was the message? Do you remember? Are you ready for it? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> if you could be a donut, what donut would you be? Okay, I mean, grab the attention. It, exactly, you got to do something. That's a to weird. Grab the I mean, it's a weird question. So what was the answer? Do you remember? I think it was just glazed or jelly filled or one of the one of those two because those are our favorites. Okay, but like, well, that's the thing with those questions because like they get bombarded. Like you got to do something different, something they've never seen before, something that they see and they're like, "What in the world? What are they thinking?" Right. Well, yeah, especially as a guy trying to send the first message, mm-hmm. right? And especially if, well, they're not going to send them because like they're getting fifty matches yeah. a day. Why do they need to send exactly. them? Exactly. That's funny. So and then. Did you guys go out right away or did you? Uh, she was actually leaving for vacation like the next day after we kind of started talking. So she went to, she was on an Alaskan cruise and then went to see family in California. So it was like two weeks. So we talked for two weeks. Then whenever she came back, it was like the third day after she came back, we went and uh, we went Jew caching and went to Cracker Barrel. Nice, man. Cracker. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is such. Everybody eats a Cracker Barrel where I'm from. That's such a Southern thing. Yeah. So my my wife's family, her mom lives in um, Florida, mm-hmm. not Miami, lives in Central Florida, halfway between Orlando and Tampa. So it's, it's country. It's mm-hmm. Southern. 
But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When whenever we go to Disney World, yeah, we go hit Cracker Barrel yeah. on the way. Yeah, I I, I didn't eat a, I did not eat a Cracker Barrel until. It's not, I mean, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I'm just saying, like, it's just no. It's great. <laughs> Geocaching and Cracker Barrel. I like so. It's wholesome, brother. Yeah, I love it. it. Is. <laughs> so it sounds like I used to go to like the Nickelcade on my dates when I was in college. Yeah. So no, I love it, dude. And then how long did you guys date before before you guys got married? Uh, three or four years, something like that. It was on and off. We dated for like five months and broke up for some sort of time. Why'd you break up? Who broke up with who? She broke up with me. Because you know, you know, girls in college, they get thinking they meet such an awesome dude, and they're like, "Wow, do I really want this to be my last boyfriend?" Like, I'm scared because he's so cool. You know, (laughs) you scare them a little bit, and then then they break up with you, and they don't talk to you for a bit, and they're like, "Wow, I miss him. I need that." Oh, so she (laughs) she came back trying to get you, you. You didn't try to get her back. I would have, but she didn't want to text. She was like, I'll just text you when I'm ready. I was like, oh, whatever. All right. I get that. I've been through something similar. Yeah. Um, well, dude, it worked out. You won. It did. You, you, we won in the end. Always win. Now, she's a real estate agent, right? Yes. You want to give her a shout out so she can, if anybody's looking for a real estate agent in Gilbert, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Still. If I, I think her Instagram is like Kristen Lee Still or something like that. All right, we'll she put works it, for Arizona Best. We'll put, um, it, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, she's actually put two houses on a contract this week already. Oh, nice. That's Big awesome. week for us. Yeah, that's a huge week, brother. Yeah, I was like, you go. <clears throat> Make me that money. I need a sugar mama. <laughs> well, yeah, personal training, right? Is, yeah. That's a tough gig. So where? So you have a gym, or do you own the gym, or are you working at a gym? Currently? Yeah. I'm working at, it's a batting cages, and they have like a performance side. Oh, so okay. I actually just took over that, um, I wanted to say December. So like two months ago. So month you're running ago. the whole performance? Well, I do all the classes and I do personal training out of there now. Okay. Because they gave, gave me a deal since I would do the classes and I can do the training in there as well instead of paying, you know, a certain amount to work at a gym. Sure. And plus it just gives me access to more athletes. Yeah. Even though they're all young, but no, man. they'll be old one day. They will be. And then they'll take you along with them when exactly. they make it to the NFL exactly, or the NBA or whatever else Wherever they, they go. Do. So, <clears throat> so then what is... We were talking, you I mean, you kind of, just like you had to send a message, right? Like, what kind of donuts do you like? Mm-hmm. Like, if you jump on social media, dude, there's a million different trainers. Mm-hmm. There's a million things that you can do to be like, hey, I've got the answers, or I can unlock whatever, yada, yada, yada. But if, now obviously, we people you want people to come work with you, yeah, right? But if I was going to pull find a personal trainer, not named you, Mm-hmm. How would you? What would you tell me to look for if I was looking for a personal trainer? Find one that's going to do what you want, not what the trainer wants. First of all, because like there's so many trainers out there that are going to train you the way they enjoy training people. Because training can get extremely boring, all right? So if I've got like a 60 year old woman who's never worked out before, her session's going to be pretty slow. It's not going to be very intense. It's going to be pretty boring, um, and she may have certain goals that you know somebody else isn't going to have. But you got to find a trainer that's going to, uh, you know, be dynamic in who they're training and how they're training and making sure that they keep your goals in mind, not everyone else's goals in mind. Like you got to train a different way for whatever your purpose is. Right. Um, let's see. You also got to find somebody that's going to, you know, progressively make you stronger and not just throw you in the fire right away. Find somebody that's not just there to kill you, make you sore. That stuff pisses me off. Right. Because trainers just hang their hat on, yeah, I made you this tired. It's like getting tired's not the point. Like progress <laughs> is the entire point, and being tired is kind of 
you know, it's counterintuitive. Like you can't be strong if you're tired. So, well, yeah, you can't be overworked, right? You can't right. be overtrained. Right. And that's, that's like my biggest thing is like, you know, people want to be strong, but they want no rest time. They want to do 15 reps. It's like, okay, well, we kind of need to switch this up a little bit. You know, sure. we need to sit down and rest for at least two minutes and yeah. do less reps. Same thing with speed training that I have the same issue with people that I've trained with other people with speed training. They basically turn it into cardio, right? They do their speed ladders and it's rep after rep after rep. You can't be fast if you're tired. Yeah, it so uses the same metabolism as strength. So, so yeah. So what is your, what's your philosophy behind speed training? Speed training. Uh, I like to get the form down first, right? So all the mechanics have to be sound. Um, a, because it's going to make you sprint better and B because it's going to reduce injuries. And then once the mechanics are sound, then it's all about uh, applying force into the ground, right? So the, the ground is actually gonna push you away, make you faster, but the ground gets its power from you. So you put the power into the ground, ground reactive forces put their for, uh, power back into you, bounce you back out. And that's, that's, that's kind of how you get fast is you've gotta be strong to get fast. So once the form is down, now you have to increase your strength um, to increase your speed. So what would be, if, so if somebody was wanting to get fast, man, what's a, what would uh i know i'm not you're not going to put together a whole 12 week <laughs> like we're not going to talk about a whole 12 week program yeah, right yeah. but if you had to break it down into like your if if you so like if you you obviously took maybe 4 weeks and worked on mm -hmm. their mechanics and things mm -hmm. right meanwhile helping them build some strength along the way yeah. Then what what's your next phase of your training going to look like is it more plyo, plyometric yeah centric? so like the is strength, it more Strength and power are two different things. So, right. right. So you're going to do your strength work. It's going to be heavy reps. Uh, they can be slow if they need to be. Right. So you can do, you know, three reps on back squat and it could take you 12 seconds, you know, so four seconds each rep because they're real grinders. The power is actually going to be what translates to the field. So those reps need to be really, really quick. So you're going to do, you know, maybe 50% of what your one RM on back squat, maybe do four or five reps. So you're going to knock them out as quick as you can, move the weight as fast as you can. So that's kind of how you would periodize that. And it also depends on where they are in their, you know, uh, season. So if season's coming up, you're going to do more power work, more speed work. Um, if season just ended, you're going to kind of give them some time to relax and rest until off season. And then off season's where you build up like your size and strength and all the other qualities. Okay. So yeah. it, cha it, it changes for every athlete. It's different and it's different for each time of year because you want your athletes to pick, peak at the right time. Sure. So, I mean, if you have a competition coming up in eight weeks, you're going to train so that you're good at the end of the eight weeks. You're not going to be trained. You're not going to try and train to be good, you know, in four weeks. Yeah. Well, so, so that's something that's always was always fascinating to me when I was swimming, particularly swimming competitively, right, mm -hmm. was this idea of a taper. I was a sprinter. I wasn't an endurance swimmer, but and <laughs> I was a one-trick pony. I swam breaststroke. Yeah. But like the idea of tapering, you know, building to a certain point during the season where we're mm -hmm. doing maximum volume and yet we're still racing, mm -hmm. right? But then this taper, this they wanted us to peak by the time regionals and state, you know, and, and different swimmers like myself, they wanted me to peak at city because when I started swimming, I hadn't swam in two, two and a half years and I mm -hmm. didn't swim club or anything, but I was constantly shaving time yeah. as I went. And they're like, we, we're not sure that you're going to make it to state <laughs> if we have you peak at state. So they tried to get me to peak at the city meet so that I could make it to regionals so that I could eventually make it to state. Now I may right. not perform the best at state, but I got there. So 
is that obviously so that's how, how do you determine when to start how, how they that's the question i've always had is how do they know when i'm gonna peak or how to make somebody like hey if we train this way you should peak at this time so you're obviously going to have that decrease of volume and all of your all of your work is going to be more you know sport specific more swimming specific uh even as far as the uh loads and weights that are being used um so if you're going into a season and you you need to peak obviously if you decrease the weights probably you know six weeks before and you start going lower and lower 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 weights while simultaneously going high speed the obviously the higher speed you train with the higher speed you're going to play with so at the end of the week uh, or at the end of that cycle if you finish off with the fastest speeds that should be whatever you peak uh with the fastest times you know in your sport so is there a point though like for example like basketball football whatever is there a point where you can take two you can taper yeah. like too much, right? Like, it, like that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is how do you figure out when that diminishing? It's going to be different returns, for each right? athlete, right? Because well, each yeah. athlete can kind of, you know, some volume may not be enough for one athlete, but it's going to be way too much for another. Uh, it, genetics play a huge role in that. Kind of like um, if you ever notice, like in the NFL, like the super fast players always tend to get hurt really easily. Sure. So the more type two fibers you have, the more injury prone you're going to be. The less volume you can handle. So their their tapering is going to be a lot different than somebody that can handle, you know, obviously a lot more. So for somebody listening, because there you just you just drop top type two fibers, right? <laughs> like now I know what you're talking about, yeah. but there's people listening who may not understand what type two, type one fiber is. So why don't you break that down for people? Type one fibers is going to be more your endurance uh, muscle fibers. So if you're going long distances, uh, running a marathon, for example, you're going to be using pretty much all type one fibers. That marathon runner is not dunking. No, right? No. So a type two fiber is much more explosive, much okay. stronger, but it also gets tired a lot quicker. So that type of fiber, you know, you might get two, two minutes out of it, okay. maybe. Um, and then in the type twos and type ones, there's different ranges, right? So you have your type two X, type two A. Right. So there's a whole spectrum of muscle fibers that are good at different things. And yeah. they're going to respond to training stimuluses differently. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, so you know, looking at me, I've got, I've got fairly decent sized legs. I can, I can, <laughs> I can squat a whole bunch. I mean, squat a decent amount and deadlift a decent amount, but dude, I can't dunk to save my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, but I can go on a long hike or backpack or ruck or whatever for a long period of time. So yeah, I, my type, I got a little, a few more type ones than, <laughs> than type twos, but okay. So, so really understanding your athlete mm -hmm. and it, it would be, you'd be almost hard pressed to grab a brand new athlete who's like, Hey, I'm, we've never met before, but I need you to get me ready for this race or yeah. does, or is, or, or are you like, Hey, I'm at a point in my career where I can see how this kid performs based on, you know, two weeks of work, a week of, or two of working with them and kind of get a good feel for where they're at. Uh, it kind of depends. It kind of depends on the sport and, you know, what I've got more experience working in, um, there's always, you know, your, your, uh, there's a certain way you train runners, there's a certain way you train softball players, a certain way you train basketball players, those ways that you train them, depending on how they excel at each one or what they're missing out on in their sport, you could just easily say, Hey, we're going to train this for four weeks mm -hmm. and that part of your game will be increased. So, you know, if, if, uh, 
baseball player comes to you and they're like, yeah, I feel like I have no power. You could literally just train power for four or five weeks and pick that up without touching anything else if you wanted to. Okay. But obviously it's much better, you know, if you come to me and it's like, Hey, I want to be an athlete with you and just train, you know, for four years and then we can do the whole spectrum of variables. We can train everything right. and make sure each one's at its peak. Um, but obviously if you come to me and you're like, yeah, dude, this is where I'm lacking. We can train that one thing. So if you're lacking power, we'll train that. If you're just really out of shape, we'll do, we'll, we'll train your cardio. Okay. And, um, and that's cardio, whether that be being able to recover quick, like mm-hmm. soccer, but and soccer, the cardio is different for every sport as well. Well, and soccer players are, are, I mean, soccer is an interesting game in that it's this endurance it's almost like it's an endurance game, right? It's endurance, but there's also but explosive the, yeah, bounce. Yeah, then there's this explosive, really like, annoying to train, right? Because you have to be explosive, but you also have to have a, such high endurance. And it's obviously those two things counter counteract. And, and so I've watched. I mean, obviously, I've, wa- I've so I've watched soccer. Um, played when I was a kid, but that's a bunch of that's a bunch of toddlers mm-hmm. chasing a ball, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but. Because they, they, most of the time you see, you're focused on when you're watching on TV, it's mm-hmm. the action that's happening at the time. So while, yes, there's a lot of endurance, guys are running. I feel like more of your your midfield guys mm-hmm. do a lot more of the endurance They running. definitely cover a lot of field, yeah. But, like, your defenders, I mean, they're standing, if, if well, if your team is good at attacking, yeah. they're standing around a bit, aren't and they? It kind of depends on how your how your team handles the ball, like, if the if this, you know, if your team just wants to go and attack and attack the goal, like yeah. you're going to be moving a lot more as opposed to some, some teams are much more possession based. So they just want to hold possession, break you down really slowly, have possession of the ball for three, four minutes. So you, then you'll get more rest time at that point. Gotcha. But yeah, so you'll get, you know, about three or four minutes of jogging and then you need about 30 seconds of intense bursts. Right. So yeah. So, so your cardio is just going to be, you just want it to look like your sport essentially. Okay. So the way, the, the best way to get in shape for a sport is always just play the sport. Sure. And if you need other things along with it, then you just need to make your cardio look like the sport. And okay. that's pretty much the good rule, good rule to follow. Okay. And then, so obviously got to know your athlete, got to know, and, and you, so you have to know the sport mm-hmm. now. You obviously are working with, sounds like working with a lot of athletes, a lot of youth athletes right now. Um, but a lot of people like myself, I'm not really trying, I'm not training anymore mm-hmm. for, I'm not training to go do an MMA fight or I'm not training to play basketball at an right. elite level. Uh, I, I'm training to hang out with my kids, maybe to go backpack yep. a couple days. And let's be real, like training to, cause I want to look good when I go to the beach. Yeah. So do you do, I mean you deal with a lot of that too yeah oh yeah so i I do both i don't like to cut myself off like because if i can get into some other sort of training like some more experience for me there's no issue with getting more experienced so find different body types different people train them as long as it's successful now if i if it got to the point where you know a certain you know group of people i couldn't get them to them results then i would just stop training them but that hasn't happened yet so right on man um and so so yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is anybody out there, like if you're like, well, it sounds like he trains like athletes all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you go to his Instagram, which we'll put in the show notes, dude knows knows what he's talking about. If I've I've I keep every time he posts something or 
particularly if I, if he's got his quads out. <laughs> That's I'm just like, genetics. I'm like, I need, I need those, I need those quads. Well, that, well if you so, lost a little weight, you'd probably have them. Okay, you know what? I've lost. <laughs> I'm down four percent. I'm working on it. Mass moves mass. That's uh, true. That's very true. <laughs> it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. It is a double-edged sword. No, I just got to get. I just got to lose a little bit more mass. In fact, I got. I've actually made it a point to start training more cardio because I have been doing that low, moderate intensity mm-hmm. stuff recently, and I'm I'm missing some of the. My body doesn't particularly love the hit stuff. Mm-hmm. At least just the way well I, too much of it is going to be right really so, rough on you so six days of it yes hardcore red line to 180 yeah. beats I per don't minute suggest that yeah that's what i was doing yeah my body's going why are why are you well, why are you trying you to kill do us? that if you want to if you want to do the high intensity interval training right so you just do it at low intensities and say if you're doing six days a week have one day a week where you really go like really hard yeah and then the other days, pace yourself. You right. know, you can still be you can still be higher intensity than jogging. Yeah, no, just without you know, burning yourself out. You wouldn't wonder at max every day. No, and that's what I was. I would, yeah, you wouldn't want to max out every day. But that's what I was essentially doing. I was redlining. Yeah, not smart. No, every, <laughs> every day. Um, and so, how has it been? Is there a difference between like East Coast, West Coast? training like do you feel like there's any kind of a difference with how like athletes, the people yeah the people like yeah how the people wanted to be trained or is yeah there any- they're weenies out here uh, a bunch of babies dude he is throwing shots first it was south carolina now it's west coast <laughs> now it's west coast no, athletes it's probably just who i've gotten so far yeah but they just i don't know seem to have a lot more excuses here okay. as far as what i've experienced like you know with your youth I've- athletes youth or adults you okay know, i've got a running nose i don't think i can work out today stuff like that or gotcha where you know where in north carolina my gym uh you know you'd have an athlete go get hip surgery two weeks later she's like hey i'm not cleared yet but I, can i come train i was like we can hit upper body but yeah well i wonder if it's what kind of gym were you in my own oh so it was your place yeah okay that may have something to do with it, right? It could. Culture, attracting. It'd be interesting to see how that... But at that point, right, I'd already kind of built a culture there. I was there for three years, and most of the clients I got, they had been with me for two, three years at that point. So. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'm curious to see how that's going to go once you mm-hmm. sort of take over. Yeah. Or you have a few months ago, but as you continue to build the culture of that well, place. Well, I mean, with like 10-year-olds, there's only so much you can do, right? That's true. <laughs> I don't care that you're 10. Oh, well, exactly. They'll, they'll tell me, my knee hurts. Okay, suck it up. You can either leave or you can stay. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, I don't care I'm making way. the same money either way. You're going to either get better or you can quit. I don't care. Right. Yeah, no, 10-year-olds. <laughs> 10-year-olds are tough. Yeah. No, you know, unless they're really invested. And that's the question too, right? Like, people have to be invested. Well, that too. And I've noticed even the 10-year-olds are less invested here than what I used to have. Sure. So the ones I would get, you know, they're all about, you know, getting better, getting faster, getting stronger. You know, the ones here, they're like, can we play a game? Yeah, where in North Carolina? So was it back home at your, mm-hmm. where you were from? Yeah, it was uh, in Lexington or Clemens, pretty much so on the border. that's something interesting that I've sort of noticed. I, and I don't... Look, I don't think it's it's not necessarily a problem. It's just different, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's how people want to roll, yeah. then that's cool. Like, well, I have no issue with it, right? But I, but like, so I even within this area, I used to live. Um, I lived in an area that was a little more rural, a little more. Um, There's a lot more people that did, you know, 
were contractors and had landscaping companies and did a little bit more of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in another part of this area, town, where there was a lot more people living in like suburban sort of master plan communities and people had desk jobs and office and tech work. And it was interesting to see the kids, the kids in the more rural area, they all could like weld and build me a fence and right. wore cowboy boots. And I would ask them what they were doing on the weekend. And they were <laughs> out like four wheeling and getting into trouble and yeah. like doing, you know, doing that kind of stuff as the boys. And then these other, and like trying to like build their social skills and go out on dates and right. Right, and do that kind of stuff. And then I would talk to these when I lived on the other side of this town, another area where it was a little more, you know, I guess city. Uh, I'd ask the guys what they were doing on the weekend or whatever. And they'd be like, probably just going to play video games with my friends. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no dates? No, you guys aren't playing sports (laughs) or going to go like, no, no, we're just going to kind of probably watch movies and play video games. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Oh, exactly. Right? I mean, if that's what, you know, what you want to make of your day, go for it. Well, I don't have any issue with it. Yeah. But I mean, and the other thing is, right, like, are their parents making them be there? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Yeah. Right. Some of them are. And that's, I'll have them straight up tell me. My, yeah. my mom made me come. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're here. You might as well make the most of it. Right. Well, that's, I get that too sometimes with, you know, my, my patients, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're mad or whatever that they're hurt. And they're like, I don't even really want to be here. Okay. I've seen that with people. I'm like, yeah, well, but you are, but you are here. Right. And you're not going <clears> to <throat> fix this on your own. So yeah. let's, and I've seen that with places, other places I work. Now the people I work with now are a little more invested, but <laughs> no, seriously, but that was, but that was my problem when I worked in like the big, huge mm-hmm. corporate PT places where people were just like coming three times a week and they didn't care because their insurance right. was paying for it. And they're like, well, I don't care. Right. And they wouldn't do their stuff. Cause again, they had no skin in the game. Yeah. Somebody was essentially making them be there. Yeah. Well, so that's the other thing, like personal training and sports and conditioning. How, how often do you hear people tell you that it's too, uh, dude, you're so expensive. Do you ever hear, do you ever get that objection from people? This is too expensive or I haven't been here long enough to quite hear it. Okay. Yeah. And my prices really are not that high. Oh, they're not. Oh, good. No, I get in on the ground floor, everybody. (laughs) 80 for an hour, like here is not that bad. Are you kidding me? That's a, that's bro. That's a, for who I am. I mean, for my, for my education and background and stuff. Yes. Dude, that's a steal. I mean, yeah, but you got to build, I'm trying to build up my clientele first. Dude. If you, right. So, so where, where's it. your, where's your gym located? Chandler. Chan- where? Like what's crossroads? Um, it's near like the Chandler airport. I'm wanting to say. Like okay. It's right off the 202. It's in the airport park or okay. something. We'll, we'll, um, if you, we, it's actually Innings Chandler, if you know where that is. So it's Innings, bad in cages. Okay. Innings Chandler? Extra Innings. And so, yeah, if we, we'll, we'll put a link to it. But yeah. seriously, if you guys are in need of a personal trainer in the Gilbert Chandler area, it's a steal right now. Yeah. I mean, get it now because probably like a year from now, I'll, I'll, I'll jump gonna, into 120. Going to raise his rates, but this dude knows what he's talking about, bro. That's awesome, man. Um, so, Athletes, people. So, what do you? What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to train? Probably athletes, and probably specifically ranging from fifteen to eighteen, probably. And any particular sports you like to train more than others? Not necessarily. No, because my my the way I view athletes, especially at that age, is making them an athlete. Don't specialize in a sport, right? Because they need 
every kid at that age needs the same stuff. They need that baseline strength, baseline power, baseline speed, baseline agility, and they don't have it yet. Once they get into college, that's whenever I like to start specializing them. So I'm going to train them similarly. You know, certain movements are going to fit certain sports better. And like, I'll use that obviously. Um, but as far as the rest of the programming, like the first thing you got to do is be an athlete and most 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds are just not there. Was well, yeah. So what's the biggest thing? What's the most common thing that you feel like you have to either teach mm-hmm. or undo? Well, biggest thing they've got to learn is how to be strong. Right. right? So then I don't know, pretty much everything. But I mean, I mean, as far as like lifts or things, or they come in and you're like, hey, do this lift. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. Who taught you how to do that? Oh, people not having their glutes very active in their squats kind of. Dude, it's the same. All I the see, time. I see and, it. But it's everywhere. But it's everywhere. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. It's because they work out at school and they just, you know, I want you to hit this depth, right? And yeah. We're going to put this weight. And, not, and then I'll see them work out with me. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who taught Who taught you? That was the thing that I think has been the biggest shock for me. Mm-hmm. And I, sure, I expect it out of a 10, even to a 12-year-old. Yeah. Like, I expect to see them not really know how to squat great. Exactly. And here's the thing. Like, toddlers, if everybody could squat like a toddler, perfect. it would be the most, I don't know where along the way we lose that. But if you ever want to stop see a, moving. Yeah. If you ever want to see a perfect squat, check out a two-year-old. Yeah, squat down and pick something off the floor. But I've gotten kids that are like high level studs mm-hmm. at at the high school level, 16, 17, some of them 15, and I'll throw some load up on a bar and like, "Hey, let's take a look and see how you squat." Mm-hmm. And it's it's a little bit like hitch when yeah. he's like watching Kevin James <laughs> dance and I'm like, I want to like smack him. Like, don't you ever do that again? <laughs> Who taught you that? Like, no. So yeah, that's a, always seems to be the squat is a, is a hard thing to learn. And I don't still think that people are teaching kids. Well, they're not. It. And then the exercises they are teaching, they're not teaching how to use the entire body at one time. Right. So if you're bench pressing, your legs need to be active. Your sure. core needs to be active, but I'll see kids bench pressing and it's, just pure upper body or any other exercise for that matter. They're, you know, falling around, falling off to the left, falling off to the right. Um, you know, in their squats, they're falling forward. They just don't know how to get their whole body to work together. Right. Um, to handle those loads. Yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And then other than that, nobody knows how to run or sprint. (laughs) (laughs) Probably myself included, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, because nobody teaches you or nobody like, that's not something that we've been, able to learn like as general population until, well, chasing, until recently we're not chasing food down though either well, yeah. right we're not sprinting well, we're wearing for, shoes yeah right so if you if you run barefoot your mechanics are way different than if you run with soft shoes on I, I was just looking at your shoes seeing what kind no, of shoes you had on yeah i, I don't wear the good shoes <laughs> <laughs> so dude, that's so funny you say that because i recently and i say recently like six months ago mm-hmm. switched up to uh, Vivo barefoot shoes. Shout out to Vivo barefoot. If you want to send me some free shoes, I wouldn't be mad. Um, <laughs> but I was having like some foot stuff right. and some knee stuff and going on and I was still you know, working on it on my own and stuff, but I, I moved into the barefoot shoe. Dude, Probably I fixed your knee problems. My knee got better. My foot though was like what was really bothering yeah. me and my foot stuff went away. Yeah, so my dad actually, so he dealt with plantar fasciitis for, you know, two or three years. Yeah. He finally had a tendon or something pop. Okay. Um, had that surgically fixed. 
So the only shoes he wear now, he'll wear the Hoka's because they're the most comfortable. And I'm like, why don't you get out of those shoes? He's like, well, the doctor told me that I should never even walk barefoot again because it's too much. It's too much tension on the foot muscle. I was like, I mean, if you progressively overload and you start from somewhere easy and walk barefoot for like 20 minutes and increase that and actually work out the foot, you'd be amazed at where your foot would be in two years. Yeah. But he's like, well, the doctor said I can't. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. I, and, and here's the thing. I don't mind. I don't mind hokas for people just because they're mm-hmm. zero drop. Oh, yeah. Right. And and for some of our like older populations. Well, especially if you're standing all day. Yeah. And you, you know. It hurts. Well, yeah, but if but you're right. You got to progressively. Yeah, right? so that, that's that progressive. But if you're always wearing them, you know your feet are going to get weak. Then when your feet get weak, your feet hurt. What's that called? Is that Wolf's, is that Wolf's law? That idea of progressive overload. That the more stress you add to a system, the, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't even say that's too much. That's too much book for me. I got. I got. I got too nerdy with it. <laughs> no, I'm decent with the nerdy stuff. But some of those, I'll just forget. Yeah, I'm a big picture guy. Oh, so Wolf's Law has to do with bone. It's a similar principle, yeah. overload principle, that it'll adapt to the forces yep. placed on it. So if you look at like, if you look at an X-ray and you see, particularly you see it really a lot in in the femur bones. For those of you that don't care about this, you can tune out for like the next thirty seconds <laughs> and then dive back in. But if you look at an X-ray of a femur bone, you'll see these like lines that all move in different directions. And what those are, they call trabeculae. Sorry. And, but that is where the load people standing where that load is the greatest Mm -hmm. is where you see the darker white spaces. And that's where those, those kind of force lines basically dive through. So it's not Wolf's law, but it's the overload principle that if you progressively overload something, then yeah. Like, did you see that video the other day, that dude doing the preacher curl? And his biceps snapped. Both of them. Yeah, I stopped watching pretty quickly. Oh, <laughs> but that's a guy that I look at and I go, something. Ha- there, n- yes, there was a catastrophic failure in his tendon, right? Yeah. But, but there had to have been something along the way, catastrophic failure mm-hmm. in his training, probably. And then doing a preacher curl, he probably had his shoulders anteriorly anterior rotated. That's to the front. Sorry. Yeah. Rolled up to the front and that obviously causes a lot of issues with the biceps. Yeah. So that kind of happens. If you don't keep your shoulders back, you're going to have bicep shoulder, bicep issues. Well, sure. And it was a disc. It was, it was was all the way down here. It tore off at the elbow, Mm -hmm. which is what's crazy. But I think about it and I go that, that guy either made a rapid jump because he was trying to get a one RM, right? Mm -hmm. One rep max. And he probably jumped way ahead without progressively overloading over That's time. That's one of the big issues with steroids. Yeah. Because they get so strong so quickly that tendons can't keep up and then they get a tendon rupture. Well, that dude, and what's funny now is, I don't know, how old are you again? 27. Okay. I so think about that. Yeah, you're young, bro. No, I feel old. I, well, dude, I'm almost 40. <laughs> I turn 40 in a few months. Uh, but I remember back like late 80s, early 90s, steroids were super taboo mm-hmm. like jose canseco that was a big deal i still and i remember even when i was like in high school and mark mcguire and sammy sosa were chasing the home run thing and they were even getting like people it was people couldn't believe that they were using this not even steroid but a supplement right it was yeah. a su- over-the-counter supplement that would essentially boost your testosterone levels mm-hmm. right now it was a little too close to 
testosterone to actually like it's probably like a pro hormone or something yeah right but but now like i see people on instagram mm -hmm. talking about running gear yep like doing steroids like it's like it's your pre-workout before you go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody's on it now. I'm like, whatever. Well, and that's the thing, right? And 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 this is something I'm actually having a uh, a guy on who works with hormones mm -hmm. for people. But like, people look at hormone replacement therapy and and doing steroids as the same thing. Yeah, totally different. Right? Like, because a lot of dudes who are doing hormone replacement therapy they're not doing it because they want to get jacked i mean yeah. look full transparency i i shot testosterone in my butt cheek this morning right <laughs> but that's because i had previously had the testosterone levels of a, of a postmenopausal woman right and i feel so much better right i sleep better right like everything my health is better because my hormones are dialed in but like i don't know do you have an opinion on steroids do you care one way or the other not really. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot. Of, uh, the only the only time I care is when high schoolers take them. Okay. Right? So like, there's a lot of high school athletes around the country that are taking steroids, especially football players. Are they? They're not getting tested. So that's why they're so strong coming out of high school and they're ready for college. Um, that I don't feel like is right. Now, if you're you know 25, 30, 35, 40, whatever, yeah, take them if you want to. Sure. I mean, she's gonna you shrink your nuts. Technically, could get arrested, I guess. Have fun with that because it is schedule two or three. Is it? I think so. Are they looking to bust steroid rings though? Like that's... They will bust if you're a dealer. Oh. The guy that owned the gym I worked out at in North Carolina when I was really young, Yeah, he was supposedly one of the biggest steroid dealers on the East Coast. Really? He went to jail a couple times. Okay. But he's he's pretty big. Sure. But yeah, I mean, and so steroids, right? It's, it's an interesting, and it's even funny to me that a lot of the guys that like are using steroids, they're not even getting paid for anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just, I'm on, yeah, I want to get jacked, bro. They just want to get jacked. Even though, you know, a lot of them don't even put the work in to get jacked. Well, no. Right? They so, just look normal. Well, so here's the question, right? Because I, I haven't dealt with a whole bunch of people that you've, you've probably dealt with more guys who are running gear. Only one. Oh, really? I just mm -hmm. figured you being in the personal training world, we're being in the gym all the time. Not old enough, see, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Don't, <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, but what was I, I even forgot my question. He threw an old jab at me and I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, oh, well. Oh, yeah. So, steroid, look, if you're going to use steroids, whatever, but you still have to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't keep my diet crap mm -hmm. and be like, hey, I'm going to run, I'm going to do steroids and I'm going to get cut up all of yeah. a sudden. I mean, you, you'll, Automatically by taking them, you'll have an increase in your lean mass or muscle mass. Obviously, you can gain probably five pounds, you know, by taking them. If you just if you just took them for ten weeks, you'd probably gain five pounds of muscle without working out. Sure, but at the same time, it's like, can you actually see five pounds of muscle? No, spread it out across the entire body. No, exactly. So that's that's kind of what it comes down to. And if you're not pushing yourself, you're not really going to see it to the point where you're seeing all these Instagram people or you know TikTok or wherever they are. Right. I'll boost in steroids. So this is a debate that my buddy and I have mm -hmm. almost weekly. Do you know who the liver, I mean, we've talked about him more than a yes, few times. He's now. definitely on steroids. Is he? A hundred percent. So you he do not look like that by looking bald. You don't, you don't, you can't eat testicles 
and get that big. Like it just doesn't happen <laughs> like that or liver or bone marrow. That doesn't work. Right. I, so that's, so I, you know, I, cause I, cause I, I want desperately to believe him. Right. That like, well, you would think in all the years of human existence, if that did work, all these people that have been eating testicles and bone marrow and stuff, they would be that big. But were they, but were they doing the barbarian every week where they're, you know, carrying their body weight <laughs> on the sled and with the chains around the neck? I don't know. They were carrying buffaloes across that's, the plains. Okay. Touche. Yeah. So I, but, but again, like, and that's the thing, right? Like there's still, there obviously then is still some level of taboo mm-hmm. around is. it, right? Because look, the rock's not telling everybody that he's on steroids, yeah. but what does that do now? Like two sixty five, he's pretty big, and he's got to be. He's well below ten percent body fat, yeah. Especially for what he had to do to get ready for Black Adam, I think. Right? I haven't seen. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen any of the stuff for that. I haven't seen. Um, that's Wearing not pictures at yet, least. But oh, I've yeah. He's he'll show like hey, you know. Better than it's ever been. And I'm like, bro, if I can see every Bro, you've been on roids for 20 years. Yeah, right? So, yeah, you still have to do do the work. But your business works better if you're on roids and no one knows, right? Because you obviously have the secret. You have the secret, you know, knowledge on how to get big, ripped, and jacked. You know, you are what everyone wants to be. I guess, yeah. So then, you know, so, that's, so then, then, so that's why you wouldn't say that you're on steroids. Right, because then that shirt, hardest worker in the room. Yeah. Right. Because then everybody's going to be like, oh, you cheated. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's really cheating. I think to get that big, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. No. You, like, it's not cheating. It's like if you want to be that, then you have to take the steroids. Yeah. You've, yeah. No, there's no other way around it. But obviously there's a whole – if full transparency, right? If you're going to do steroids, you better be prepared. Yeah. And to, you need to be smart. And to deal with whatever – yeah, all the side effects. All the side effects, right? Yeah. Be prepared for the hairy back. Yep. Start and all the acne. And all the acne or the back I knee, see, right? I see guys that I know are on them, and they're just so full of acne all over their back, chest, face. And I'm like, I don't know that I can take steroids just because of that. Yeah. I've already gone through the acne stuff, and it wasn't bad, but I don't want to do it again. Right? Be prepared to spend money on post-cycle, mm-hmm. right? And you got to get your blood work done all the time. So yeah. every, you know, 8 to 12 weeks, you're getting blood work done. And then whenever if this is off, now I gotta buy this drug, and if this is off, I gotta buy this drug, and it's, I don't know. And then you come off, and you feel like crap for however long you're off, right? So then you probably put, yeah, it's it, in then my, you lose all the muscle when you're off of it. Yeah, in my mind, it's just not worth it. Yeah, it, it comes along with a lot more issues than it's probably worth. Well, and the, the other thing that people don't realize, like they see a dude like The Rock, mm-hmm. and what I think he's what he's six two. Six four, he's big. He's huge. Mm-hmm. Weighs two sixty five. But what people also don't realize is, even though he's super jacked and super lean, that's still a tremendous amount of weight to carry through your joints. Well, yeah, it's a lot of strain, even on your cardiovascular system. Yeah, because right? like having that amount of muscle mass is similar to having that amount of fat fat mass yeah. on your body. Your body, I, it, your body knows the difference, but like at the same time, it doesn't. So right. just being that big is unhealthy. Well, and you may be, you know, this one I've got to look up because now I'm just past. I'm just like talking, but I would imagine that if you're taking those level of steroids and you're increasing muscle mass everywhere, mm-hmm. and you're if you are doing levels of cardio or pushing yourself hard, then you're probably going to at some point possibly end up with an enlarged heart. Definitely so. Right, I mean, because your heart's a muscle, and so that's another dangerous. I mean, you you can get an enlarged heart just by lifting weights without taking steroids. Well, sure, 
Because that left wall will increase in thickness. And a lot of, there's some college athletes and pro athletes that have to actually retire Mm -hmm. because they did end up with an enlarged heart based on their training. So yeah, again, if you're going to do steroids, okay, more power to you, but dude, be smart about it. Yeah. Don't be like all the, uh, I've seen so many bodybuilders die in the last, you know, six months at 45, 50 years old because they're taking so much. (sighs) And it's like at 50, you are too young to be going like that. Well, right. And, and what people don't realize is you can get tremendous results mm-hmm. with purely diet and exercise yeah. and dedication. It just requires a little more effort on you your part. You have to do a lot of things right. Yeah. But, I mean, who cares? Right. Life is all about doing a lot of things right to get where you want to be. Yeah. There's, no, there's, there's very – anything worth having there's, is on the other side of hard. Yeah. Right. I love somebody. I forgot who said that, but I heard that the other day and I was like, that is the, yes. <laughs> Anything worth having is on the other side of hard. Man. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a thing. I know, you know, I know a couple, couple people that recently have uh, run a couple cycles of like Anavar, but you know, you gotta, but, and it works for some and it doesn't work for mm-hmm. others because some people have their diet and exercise in locked in and well, and that's the thing too, is like you may respond well, even if you do everything right, you might not respond well at all. Like yeah. some people respond really well to certain, certain steroids and some people just don't. Right. So it's kind of hit or miss. So, so we've kind of harped a little bit on this diet and exercise diet and exercise, right? Mm-hmm. we've obviously talked about the exercise piece. So how well did, did you feel like your CS getting the CSCS or whatever education you've had has do you feel like, hey, I got exercise locked down, but if you want to do nutrition, we got to talk to somebody else? Or are you pretty, do you feel like you're pretty solid with if, your nutrition? If you need like a dietitian, like if you've got, you know, some disease and you've got to eat a certain way for that, then yeah, you need to go find a dietitian. As far as a nutritionist goes, anybody, anybody you meet off the street could say they're a nutritionist, right? So you don't even need a certification, don't need anything. Just say that you're a nutritionist or to help them lose weight or whatever. Uh, with the CSCS and with the college degree as well, like you have to take, uh, I think it was two classes in college we took on nutrition. Um, and then the CSCS goes over it as well. And basically, you're just learning the basics of nutrition, um, you, how to manipulate macro, macronutrients, micronutrients, things like that. So I can definitely do that as well. Um, that's actually pretty much any adult I train, I put them on a certain diet or whatever. Okay. But I don't, I don't necessarily put them on, I guess I shouldn't say put them on a diet. I just... Tell them this is the amount of calories we need to eat, and this is the macros that are going to work well for you. And you know, we'll see how how your numbers look, you know, at the end of the month or whatever. And then we'll switch everything up. So, so right, and macros have kind of had, they've yeah, macros have kind of had a, their rise in popularity mm-hmm. for the last little while, right? And everybody's like, well, I got to get my macros in, and it's yeah. become about that. But what do you think about this idea of if it fits in your macros? It's basically the same thing, right? So, I mean, if, you, if, if you're just eating to fill out a certain amount of macros, that's fine. I would say as long as 80% of the stuff you're eating is healthy, right? So, if, so I, I can't like get my macros and be like, hey, it all works because I got this. I ate pizza. I had donuts. I don't fit my macros, bro. I, I, but I don't know that you could fit your macros that way, though. Like when you really sit down and look at it, if you set up a diet the way it should be, I just don't think that you could make that fit your macro. You can make a healthy-ish pizza, right? So you can make a pizza with like chicken, uh-huh. um, you know, 
Canadian bacon, a low calorie sauce, a sprinkle of cheese. Okay. Um, there's ways around doing it, but like you can't just eat junk all the time because there's no way it would fit your macros unless, unless you're eating like 4,000 calories a day. Sure. That's whenever, if it fits your macros, becomes pretty unhealthy. Although there was a guy that did, um, he did his own study pretty much ate Big Macs every day, right? So he did yeah, it. Yeah, is that the super size me guy? Or is it somebody else? But he ate it in a calorie deficit. So oh. just to see what would happen. Because yeah. everybody's like, you can't lose weight if you're eating junk. So he ate a Big Mac for every meal and lost weight, lost the same amount of weight as everybody else does. Gotcha. But so, I, I'd be curious what his cholesterol panels and lipid blood panels. Blood looks good. No. Yeah. Get it. Don't say things his like blood, that. No, for real. If you lose weight, your bloods are going to look better no matter how you lose your weight. Okay. So you can eat whatever diet you want to eat. Except anorexia and bulimia. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> okay. We're not going to call that a diet. That's no. A, that's, but, that's a disorder. Right. <laughs> but, dude, that's what... Dude, nutri- so nutrition, dude, is one of those things that I feel like it's so, I don't know, experimental. Like I feel like nutrition is exactly the way exercise is right now. It's just everybody's looking for their quick buck and, you know, do this exercise or do this exact nutrition and you'll, the, you'll look this way. But in, re- in reality, it's just whatever's going to make you happy and work for you. Right. But, I mean, you got keto, carnivore, mm-hmm. Mediterranean, macros, like, and you hear people like, yeah, I just straight up ate meat, no vegetables or fruit, and my blood work what looks fantastic. I feel better than I've ever that felt. That one I would probably have an issue with long term. Well, yeah, it's just that, that would probably cause issues, but I would think. But there's plenty of people who like. Have, but there are people that do it. I mean, you're right. You can sustainably live off of red meat alone because it's got fats in it. It's sure, the, it's the only food that you can actually like eat and only eat that and sustain on. But what's crazy is like people. But then there's the whole you need those micronutrients and those vitamins mm-hmm. and those minerals that all come from yeah. like greens, right? Yeah. Or fruits or vegetables. And so, I mean, you'll be fine without them, without some of them, I should say, right? Because, sure. you, you know, get, 100 you get, years ago, 100 100 years ago, well, I mean, yeah, you're going to have issues <laughs> like that. I'm just saying 100 years ago, 200 years yeah, ago, no vitamin you C. aren't getting all of your vitamins, but you need to get the major ones at least. Sure. Yeah, but so you generally with people do like a mac like a macro count. Yeah, they'll get a calorie count, macro count, and then like certain people are like, you know, I want I want an actual plan, and I can do that. The problem is most of the time if I make a plan, people are gonna be like, oh, I don't want to eat that, and I don't want to eat that, and I don't want to spend the whole day changing meals around to you know fit your diet. Right. So normally it's just the macros. You figure it out. Yeah, and then they'll ask, you know, for carbohydrates, what's what should I eat? And it's just, you know, the basic carbs, you know, your potatoes or uh, your grains, your whole wheat breads, uh, oatmeals, all that stuff. And the same thing with meats. They're like, what meats should I eat? Same meats, turkey, beef, chicken, fish. So it's really just whatever you want to do. Do you, do you care if people, like, do you recommend people get grass-fed, grass-finished stuff? or no, do you care i don't care it's whatever's cheapest i don't think it's gonna make a difference okay maybe i mean it, microscopically like if you look at just the meat alone you know like, oh this is this one thing's gonna be healthier than this but in the long run is it gonna make a difference in how healthy you are i don't really think so okay yeah i, I don't know one way or the other you know, I, just, I don't think anybody knows one way or the other. That's that, right? <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know. That's the other issue is just no one knows. So, you mean, you could put your stamp of approval on one, but it's, I mean, you're not saying, you can't, you can't say that the other one's bad. Right. No. And do you feel like 
most people underestimate their calories or overestimate how much they should be eating? You mean like, so for example, like, so how much they should be eating or how much they do eat both. Everybody underestimates how much they eat. Yeah. Even I do because my problem is, um, cause by the way, I looked at your Instagram the other day and there was some desserts on your Instagram that yeah. I, Oh, the, you know, the last three weeks I've been eating so much crap, <laughs> but I blame my wife for that. Though. Yeah. But it's like, what, like you, like you said, 80% of the time. Yeah. If you eat clean 80% of the time, you can I have mean, my breakfast is, uh, you know, three eggs, maybe two pieces of toast or, you know, oatmeal or something. Lunch yeah. is going to be chicken, um, probably oatmeal again and some vegetables. Yeah. So if I, for dinner, I have, um, you know, a burger with 93% lean ground beef and some, low calorie French fries and then a brownie, like yeah. it's not going to make a difference. Right. And I've looked great eating crap and I've looked great eating really good. So I'm just going to eat what I want. Yeah. I, just, I know for myself, I feel better when I don't mm-hmm. eat crap. Oh, I do. I do to a point. So like, especially in the summertime, like if I'm going to the pool and I need to not be holding a lot of water because everybody judges personal trainers. Like, Oh yeah. If you don't have abs, you know, I don't want to train with you. So I, I try to look decent if I go to the pool or whatever you know, a highly processed sugar, like a cookie or something like that, it, it's not going to bloat, you know, make your stomach look as big as, you know, like a oatmeal. So really? oatmeal, yeah. Really? You'll hold less water. It's easier, it's easier to digest because it's so processed. It just runs straight through. Interesting. So it's not, you know, going to bloat like, well, especially for me personally, like oatmeal, man, my stomach would get huge. Really? Yeah. Huge to me. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Else, I just, I just, that's interesting. It is. Um, you know, I was talking to a guy. The fruit. Other, I do fruit. Yeah. It's kind of same thing, but I was talking to a guy the other day that was, um, in like a weight loss challenge. It was based solely off of where you like pictures of where you looked mm-hmm. and started where mm-hmm. dude, he goes, yeah, for my, my after photo, he went and got a spray tan. Mm-hmm. He went and started like doing like a water cut, like he was getting ready. He started getting ready, like he was getting ready for, for a, a show. For a show, yeah. And he and then he goes, yeah. He said, I went, I worked out, and then I ate a bunch of candy. And I was like, why did you eat a bunch of candy? He goes, well, because dude, I, I want to get my pump on. Mm-hmm. He said, and then I ate the candy to add a little more sugar and glycogen, so my muscles got even a bigger pump. Yep. And I was like, seriously? He goes, yeah. And he showed me the picture. I was like, holy crap, dude. That's phenomenal. It's amazing yeah. what a spray tan. Oh, it a is. Bit, a little bit of dehydration every and some sugar of those, <laughs> Every one of those where they compare, you know, this is what you look like before and this is what you look like after. They're always more tan. It's incredible. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's my, one, of my, one of my mantras for the summer the last few years has been if I can't, if I can't tone it, I'm going to tan it. <laughs> so, but no, man. Like, so, yeah, it's, that's what's so crazy is that in this world of health and fitness and wellness, dude, there's so many competing voices, mm-hmm. which I think goes back to your other point of, you got to find somebody that understands your goals yeah. and wants to work for you yeah, and not do what, what, what they want to do. Yeah. Like, well, especially in the diet, you know, nutrition phase, because there's so many trainers out there that are like, okay, we're, you want to lose this amount of weight. We're going to put you low carb or low fat or whatever. But it's like, if you don't want to eat like that, you're not going to stick to that diet. You're going to snack here and there. And especially once you get off your diet, you're going to binge eat everything because you haven't had it in so long. But if you eat what you like all the time and still lose weight, you're not going to regain all that weight afterwards. Right. And I talked about this with a guy, a guest a few weeks ago, we were talking about Huber, uh, 
Huberman Lab, Dr. Huberman, he's a dude, a researcher at Stanford, mm-hmm. but they were talking about your belief around diet and exercise actually makes a difference in whether or not you will a stick to it, but B it'll it be, it'll be effective for you. So if you believe that it's not going to work, it won't work. Yep. What's interesting is I did, she's on, she's on, she was on a couple weeks ago, Kristen Fuller. Um, we talked about, uh, she does DNA. So she looks at your DNA and bases your nutrition based mm-hmm. off of like DNA markers and stuff. And so it was interesting. I was like the one person that gained weight on keto. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like it didn't go well for me. And after well, talk, probably just holding water. Well, part of trying it, to as much as possible. But, yeah. So what she was like looking at my DNA, she's like, according to your DNA markers, your body has a de diminished or like really suppressed ability to process fat at the Mm -hmm. same level that you do carbohydrate and even protein. And so like based off of the markers, whatever that was, she's like, you don't utilize fat the same way that you utilize car. Like she's like carbohydrate, you normal protein enhanced ability. But based off of this, she's like, so probably a lower fat diet is going to be better for Mm -hmm. you. Now that stuff goes back to your training as well. Yeah. So your metabolism. So if you're do, if you're a marathon runner, your diet can consist of a much higher amount of fat. Right. If, if, you, if all you'd ever do is lift, your body's going to be much better at taking in carbs. Right. So that, that could actually play a role in um, you know, how you've been lifting is going to play a role in how your nutrition is. Because well, I know sled dogs in, you know, Af- not Africa, they don't do that. Sled dogs in Alaska, right? Yeah. Their diets consist of 95% fat. Sure. It's they, but that's that's what they use for the running. So well, that's, that's what they need to stay, yeah. you know, keep. So keep. that goes back to, you know, how you train is your nutrition is going to be part of that. Well, and this is where it comes back to also like, sure, your genotype can be one thing, mm-hmm. but how you express that is something yeah. else. Now, granted, I had been doing, I mean, I've been doing CrossFit now for 12, no, 11 years. Mm-hmm. And there was, seemed like a point where even though I was, eating similarly or whatever when growing CrossFit, all of a sudden my body wasn't responding in the same way. Yeah. And as soon as I, and I was going pretty low carb, higher fat protein. And it's funny, as soon as I started reintroducing like whole grains back into my diet Mm -hmm. and like moving away from paleo and going back that way, my body fat percentages started coming back down, Mm -hmm. changed up my cardio. And I think part of that though was because I think my body like we talked about at the beginning was so overtaxed yeah. that like cortisol levels were through the roof. My body was like, dude, we're holding on to everything because yep. you're trying to kill us. Yep. And so I think what I like is, cause I remember you said, you talk about training. I heard, remember you mentioned training cycles and I remember when I was working with your wife on her back and stuff, you guys were talking about, yeah. So for, for this training cycle, well, this is what we're doing. And then, mm-hmm. right. And so I think it's this, I think it's important that a lot of people just, go, 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 go. And they're yeah. like, calories, calories, calories. You got to push out calories. Right. Yeah. And, and recovery is super important yeah, in there. Absolutely. And taking, taking a deload week or a deload month. If you've mm-hmm. been trained, depending on how hard you've been training. Right. Right. I mean, that's why athletes have off seasons. Well, and it's the, the calorie thing's interesting as well, because the more calories that you use in your workout, the less your body's going to change its metabolism to make you more efficient and not use as many calories afterwards. So say your basal metabolic rate, which is just what you burn at rest. Okay. Is, let's, let's just say it's 1,500. Okay. Um, if you do a really hard workout, your basal metabolic rate may drop to 1,200. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So like if you burn 500 calories in your workout, but your basal metabolic rate drops 250, you've really only burned 250. Interesting. So that I did. So that just, know. that stuff just came out. I want to say a few months ago. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. Cause every time I've been like, dude, I just, I just crushed like a five or yep. 600 calorie workout. Dude, I got an extra five or 600 calories that I can throw down if I need yeah. to. Yeah. So really, but so, and it's going to depend um, the more obese you are or more fat you have, sure. the more it's going to do that. So if you're, oh. if you're pretty lean, it's not going to do it as much Yeah, because there's not that much room to decrease it. But if you're pretty overweight and obese, it'll come down. Dude, yet another reason to, exactly. to get healthy, man. Like, yeah, metabolic disease, obesity, mm-hmm. it, it just comes with a whole host of problems. And I get it. Like for a lot of people, it's really challenging yeah. to get out of that because there's a whole like psychology behind it too, right? Like you... People didn't wake up one day and decide, you know what? I'm going to try and put on 200 pounds, <laughs> right? It's a slow, and then they wake up one morning. They go, holy crap, how did this happen? Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of other. Most psych- of them are searching for some sort of comfort. Yeah. No, it's always I, a comfort thing. Dude, I can tell you right now that when I get more stressed mm-hmm. with work and family and everything else, it was interesting. When I was in college or grad school, I stopped eating. But now that I've gotten older... Dude, you eat more. Give me, yeah, give me, <laughs> give me all the all the, all the goodies. That's why I've started switching. Like, I'm so glad my wife bought Yasso bars mm-hmm. now. Like, it's a lot better than Ben and Jerry's. Oh yeah, but no, man, dude, this has been this has been enlightening. Like, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, I, cause I, I, I know a lot about, but my world is rehab right Right. and Mm -hmm. rehab for athletes and barbell athletes and my goal is to get them back to performance but once they're back at performance right then it's a lot of times i'll work together closely with a strength and conditioning coach like this and so that's interesting there's a lot dude there was a ton that that i learned today this was awesome man cool appreciate you coming glad you learned now so where can everybody find you uh chris the links on instagram uh, that's really all. Yeah, I website use at all. Linksperformancetraining.com. So links, linksperformancetraining.com. Chris, mm-hmm. the links, and where you're at extra innings. Yeah, extra innings, Chandler. Uh, for now, I, at some point in the future, depending on clientele, I could um, open a spot like in a regular gym. Okay. Because um, that stuff's pretty easy to do. It just depends on you know if I get three or four clients and they all train at one gym, then I could open up at that spot because they'll charge me a certain amount and I'll just pay it. But sure. Cause like I said, I'm still trying to build my foothold here in the Valley for the next, at least probably two years. Yeah, man. Till well, I'm there. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by again. Chris, the links links, performance training.com. Yep. yep. And as at extra innings, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes, dude. But, uh, bro, I appreciate you coming yep, by. This it was, was fun. fun. It was fun. Let's see. And,